0: These stories are about how nature will move on with or without humans, and there will come soft rains. The town was destroyed by the atomic bomb during the Cold War. After the bomb, nature was slowly taking back this town. Nature will always go back at the end, no matter what happened. The people will fear that the atomic bomb was going to destroy them. That they used technology to prevent the bomb from destroying them, but at the end, the bomb ended up destroying them when they least expected it.
1: sure and remember what Bert the Turtle just did, friends, because every one of us must remember to do the same thing. That's what this film is all about, Duck and Cover. This is an official civil defense film produced in cooperation with the Federal Civil Defense Administration and in consultation with the Safety Commission of the National Education Association. Produced by Archer Productions, Incorporated. Hey, Bert, come on out and meet all these nice people, please. All right. We really can't blame you. You see, Bert is a very, very careful fellow. When there's danger, this is the way he keeps from being hurt. Sometimes it even saves his life. That's why these children are practicing to duck and cover just as you do in your school. We all know the atomic bomb is very dangerous. Since it may be used against us, we must
0: You follow along with the first story and theme, Divergent is a world that is divided into five factions. The factions is all about choosing who you are, but actually the government is giving you a drug so they can control you. If the drug doesn't work on you, then you are considered a danger to society and the people, and you must be removed. That is why trying to control human nature won't work, because it is not meant to be controlled, and it will it will be worse in the future after you try to control the people than in the present. The last story goes along with the theme and what the future says about the present. Veronica,
1: when did you get this idea for for the series of books? How did it come to be?
2: Well, when I was a freshman at university, I was studying psychology just for fun. You know, I didn't study it later, but I was learning about exposure therapy, which is a method of treating anxiety and phobias in which someone is repeatedly exposed to what scares them in a safe environment until they become habituated to it, or they get over it, basically. It really works, and I found that really interesting. And I wanted to use that you know, principle um, and that like, scientifically proven treatment plan in a sci-fi way. So uh, I have the characters encountering their deepest, darkest fears in a simulated reality, which is a safe environment, so until they can overcome them. So that was where the idea started. And then I built the world and the story around it.
1: So this, I mean, this it's a post-apocalyptic world. Yes. And uh, are you a fan of the genre?
2: I am, yeah. My very first dystopian book was The Giver by Lois Lowry when I was like 10 or 11, I read it. Um, and then since then, I've always loved them, like 1984, uh, Brave New World. These are, I don't know, they're very exciting stories to me. And I, of course, I love The Hunger Games, too. So, you know, from... From when I was young till very recently, they've been stories that I've enjoyed.
1: One thing th- they all have in common is the lack of personal liberty, mm-hmm. and that's that that is kind of central to your to your book as well.
2: Right. It's, well, there's the illusion of liberty, you know, because you can choose anything, but it has to be one of these five things, you know. And I think that's that's kind of the illusion of liberty that we might have. You know, we're kind of everybody is restricted to these categories, I think, or we try to categorize each other, but. Um, I don't know we're not I don't know I feel like we're not as free as we think we are sometimes yeah.
1: well I was wondering if, if that is that is also in there that that, 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 that where you're looking a, in a sense we're looking into a mirror
2: <laughs> maybe a little I mean the, the books for me are not um and classically, dystopian books are supposed to be a warning. You know, they take something that's happening now that's very scary and exaggerated until we're afraid of it, and we should be afraid of it. You know, but Divergent for me is a little more, uh, a little more fantastical. You know, I'm, I don't think anybody's afraid that we're going to divide into five virtue-based factions and live that way. Like that would be crazy. But it was a really interesting way for me to explore. Um, you know human nature and how it acts um, in these like inside the little groups, and then how the groups interact with each other. And it was just it was very fascinating. So it's a little more imaginative, not as uh, harrowing. <laughs>
1: how do you uh, <clears throat> how do you explain the uh, the way the book is the books are resonating with with readers?
2: Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to explain why why things uh, just take root in people. Um, I'm happy that it has, but I really don't know. I think we're at a really good moment for young adult literature, and also for dystopian literature. So, um, I guess I'm kind of lucky, timing-wise. But I think Triss is a character that people can relate to, also. I mean, you know, no matter who they are, like, she's very confused about her place in the world, and she wants to be one person, but she doesn't want to leave the people she loves. I mean, I think these are things that people experience, um, no matter what age they are, um, or who they are, or where they're from. So. I think that's that's a part of it probably but a lot of just luck hard work from a lot of people in marketing <laughs> you know it's just been uh a lot of people believed in it which i think was uh was great
1: where do you go after this trilogy
2: gosh i mean well the trilogy the trilogy's is done but i wrote some short stories written from the male leads perspective that are coming out in july um so that was a way of kind of easing me out of the series because i'll miss these people and these, these characters and you know this world but after that, I mean, I love writing for young people, so I'll keep doing that, probably, but I have no idea when or how. I'll probably just nap for a while after this. <laughs> Get some rest, yeah.
0: The nuclear torus, which began when the Chernobyl nuclear power plant exploded and let radiation into the air. This caused people in the town of Pripyat Ukraine to have to evacuate before it spread and got worse. Kids and adults were to leave everything behind. The town was left deserted full of radiation and animals still roamed and plants were left to overgrow. Some of the plants and animals were mutated by the irradiation and not everyone left safe because some left exposed and later on died. The radiation in the sound will be there for more than 20,000 years. You are able to visit this ghost town by taking a tour that lasts only 10 to 12 hours. The common themes between the stories, comes off Brains and the Nuclear Tours, is that nature will continue with or without us, and everything can change in a matter of seconds. And then, while Divergent and Nuclear Power Plant's common theme is that you can't control everything, the stories about the future tell us how we really just want to know if we end out alive, as no one knows what the future will bring us. We will never be prepared for anything major like an explosion. So honestly, everyone in the present is just worried or just curious to know if we'll still be alive to see new inventions like flying cars.
3: Imagine that you were woken up at night and called to go fight the fire urgently. Yes, you are a fireman, and you can't refuse. You don't know the extent of the accident either. You will have to face an invisible but deadly enemy, the existence of which you don't even suspect. Radiation Radiation consists of several types of subatomic particles principally those called gamma rays, neutrons, electrons, and alpha particles that shoot through space at very high speeds, something like 100,000 miles per second. They can easily penetrate deep inside the human body, damaging some of the biological cells of which the body is composed. This damage can cause a fatal cancer to develop, or if it occurs in reproductive cells, it can cause genetic defects in later generations of offspring. At the same time, high doses of radiation, especially those received in a short time, can cause radiation sickness, the first signs of which are nausea, vomiting, then damage of the internal organs, and death. You have probably heard a lot about Chernobyl lately, but can you believe all the facts and numbers you have been told? So, first of all, the accident was caused by a number of reasons, improperly projected reactor, the staff wasn't informed about the danger, and also made a number of mistakes. According to the most reasonable estimates, the death rate from the Chernobyl disaster is about 4,000 people, including deaths due to increased cancer. Other estimates are fictional, exaggerated, and not published by any scientific journal with independent review. There were no congenital deformities of children or a decrease in their mental abilities after the disaster just as there were none after Hiroshima and Nagasaki. There are no mutant animals in the Chernobyl exclusion zone, but there is a considerable number of people who created and supported the Chernobyl myths, and thus indirectly guilty of a large number of abortions caused by soared fear. As a result of the Chernobyl accident, the nuclear reactor was completely destroyed. Radioactive substances got into the environment and the resulting cloud spread them across the territory of Ukraine, Russia, Belarus, and several European countries. There was a radioactive contamination of the territory with a total area of 207.5 thousand square kilometers, about 70% of them in the territory of Belarus, Russia, and Ukraine the environment was most affected by radioactive cesium and strontium, these substances have a half-life of about 30 years, which means that every 30 years, their activity drops by half. Considering the concentration of discharged substances, most likely people will be able to live in Pripyat after a few decades, but only in the sense of being there for a long time without consequences. It still will be far from an ordinary life. You won't be able to drink water and engage in agriculture for several hundred years.